G'day, I'm Osher Ginsberg, and I want to welcome you to the latest IKEA podcast series, Behind the Brand, the co-workers of IKEA. Join me as we take a peek inside the big blue box and get to know the people at the heart of the IKEA brand. We'll hear stories from co-workers as they take us on a journey through the IKEA culture and values, the very essence of what makes IKEA, IKEA. We'll also learn more about what IKEA stands for as a business, including climate action, equality, and supporting the communities in which it operates. Today, we'll be speaking with Benjamin Fender, sales co-worker at IKEA Marsden Park. Ben, uh, great to have you on the podcast, mate. I'm going to kick off with five pretty quick questions, all right? Just, just top of your head. If you could choose three words to describe working at IKEA, what would they be? Uh, fun, fast pace. I would say the last one would have to be just enjoyable, really. Like it's, it's really, really fun and enjoyable. Do you have a favorite IKEA product? I love the Persian rugs. I love that they're a recycled rug that we take from another part of the world. We make it new again and we can sell it to someone else. And it, it just goes with that whole theme of upcycling and keeping things going, not re- using new materials. We're getting something that's already been made and we're passing it on. What's the best career advice you've ever received? I think really just listening to your peers and really taking on board what their opinions are, trying to learn as much as you can from them and use what you know to become the best you can be in, in what you do. When you're not working, what's your favorite pastime? I love to cook. I, just, I love it. It's anything to do with food, it's one of my favorite passions in life. And what's the last TV series that you binged watched? Uh, my wife and I have been watching a Korean drama together. Uh, we, we just started this one called Extracurricular. Right. Yeah. There's certainly some amazing stories that come out of that part of the world and the talent that they have is insane. Um, so Korean film nerdery aside, Ben, what's your current job there at, uh, Ikea Marsden Park? Well, I work uh, in the sales team. I work for the kitchens team over here at Marsden Park. So I do a lot of uh, work in both the kitchens department, but I also do a lot of work in the cooking and eating department. Currently, that's where I'm based at the moment, but I've worked across both. And right before you were working at IKEA, what was uh, what did life look like in the, like, like the six months before you started working there? What were you doing? I was working at Casino as a dealer. And I was doing my bachelor's of science degree, basically working every weekend, night shift, eight to four, every single day for about three years straight. I did that. And while I was doing that, I was also at uni. Man, that is a heavy schedule. Yeah. And you're supporting yourself while you're doing a a bachelor of science degree. Why did you choose that as a, a path of education? I guess for me, it was what I always enjoyed at school. Something about biology was something that I just loved. And so I said, I'm going to pursue that. And I think, you know, there was enough about what I knew from school that it really drove me in that direction at the time. And so I think that's why I, I decided to go with it. And I had a, I had a great time. I, I really enjoyed what I learned and what I did in that, that degree. Was science something that you wanted to pursue as a career? Well, when I finished my degree, what I was actually working here at the time. I thought, what am I going to do next? The option was opening up to being like, what's my next step in my degree? And so I ended up going into teaching. I did that for two and a half years, did my master's. And for me, it wasn't the degree for me. It wasn't something that I should have really pursued, but I went and did it anyway. 
Um, and I finished it and, you know, I learned some valuable experiences about how to, to work with people and to train people and to, to see how people learn. But ultimately, yeah, it just wasn't the degree for me. So I think at the end of the day, to answer the question, like it was probably something that I was thinking of doing, but ultimately it's shifted to where I am now. Someone who does a Bachelor of Science degree and someone who's got a, a brain that can do all the very, very quick calculations required to be a card dealer at a casino. Mm. <laughs> You're someone who I'm guessing you require a lot of input. You require a lot of stimulation. How do you find that is satisfied by your, your job at IKEA? Look, every day here we learn. I've been here for five years and every single day, I got to say, like I learn something new. It comes on the most random of day. I think even today I presented something in a meeting that I've never done before. I, this morning I was in a meeting presenting how our new range, what, what our new range is going to be like in the cooking and eating department in August and what those products are going to be, how much we're going to sell, where we're going to be putting them. And I was actually working with our other commercial partners. So I was working with some of the other departments. And so I think really every single day is a challenge here. You know, we're going through coronavirus now. We've never been in an experience like this where the store has been turned up on its head. You know, how do we how do we challenge ourselves to make the department better, to do things better, to still meet the customer as much as possible and to make as much money as we can in in a meaningful way? There's a lot that you can get out of this business and that's why I've been here for as long as I have. Anyone that studied any kind of science, even high school level science, would have learned about the scientific method of here's the hypothesis, here's what we're going to use as a as a working practice, and then we'll wait until new evidence comes along, then we'll test that new evidence, and then we might adjust. Mm. It sounds to me like you've been able to incorporate that into into your job as to constantly testing the systems that you're working on. Yeah, of course. Like for me, when I was working in, more in the kitchen side of our team, we had a number of opportunities to make changes within one section called kitchen accessories in order to grow that area. And we actually, oh, well, me and some of the coworkers that I worked with, we challenged the solutions that were put in place originally. And we were able to increase our sales index from, I think it was 80 something percent to 116% at the end of the year, just by making simple changes and trying, does this product move? If I move it here, how does that work for the customer? Does that actually help sell that product better? Does it affect it in, in a negative way? And just trying to find the right balance. So we, we actually tested a lot of things. I used part of my science degree really to challenge everything that we do, even the things that we have done that are right. Maybe there's even a better way. What does it mean to you to be at a workplace that is so willing to be agile like that? I think it's, it's really amazing to be in a place where we don't know what's around the corner, but we're able to adapt to what's happening. You know, like with coronavirus, we've had to close our restaurant, but that business, that part of the business is still making money. Just today, we were working on how can we get some of the bistro food products into cooking and eating to sell them, to help that department make money and to also help fill some of the gaps that have resulted from people buying extra than what we normally thought. So I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's, it's, it's really interesting that we are able to consistently come up with new ways of reinventing ourselves to be the best that we can for the customer. You said you were part-time when you first started there at IKEA. What was behind your decision to not pursue teaching and to instead pursue a career at IKEA? 
for me, at the time when I was doing my degree, I thought to myself, like, is this really what I want? It was a very stressful, very rewarding job. But for me personally, I didn't have the connection to that field in teaching, like in a school. And I, I thought the best thing for the kids that I would be teaching is for me not to be their teacher because I know that I'm going to do a disservice to them and I want the best for them. And so I think that there's people when I was going through my degree, you know, I saw people that were better and more suited to that role than me. And I thought that they had the passion. That's what they want to do. I don't feel that way. So I'm going to leave. It's really rewarding for me to see people grow, but in a teaching setting, it wasn't for me. So it's an extraordinary realization that you had. I had to get told that one of my radio bosses once told me the the moment that your heart doesn't race when you turn the mic on, you should get out of the chair and let someone else have a go. Yeah. And it's exactly, exactly the reason that you just described, because if you start rocking into a job that you don't like, then you don't realize it. In my experience, you don't realize it, but resentment starts to creep out in the way that you are to other people, the way you perform the role. And then suddenly the, then it, that gets reflected back on you and soon enough your job sucks more than you thought it could ever, ever suck ever, not realizing that you're the reason, you know? Yeah, exactly. And it was the greatest advice I ever got. And so for you to have come to that realization yourself, that's really good. What was it? What did it feel like? Because, I mean, you know, we all have choices to make in our careers. What did it feel like once you'd come to that realization, once you'd come to that thing that you'd do, you know, to use the phrase, you were pot committed. You'd spent a lot of time, you know, oh, yeah. you'd spent years working down this pathway. Yeah. And then what did it feel like inside your body when you went, actually, you know what? No, I'm not going to do that. It was a tough realization at first, you know, because... I had spent seven and a half years, you know, trying to work up to a job that ultimately in the end I went, I've just wasted, you know, all this time on something that I'm probably not going to do. But I think that that's actually something that happens in society a lot recently. Like I've noticed a lot of people that, you know, they go to uni and they do something and they end up in another field. It just, it happens in life. And I think you have to realize that what you have thought you were going to be in doesn't necessarily mean that that's where you're going to be in 10 years from now. You know, there are elements to what I've learned in teaching that apply in other businesses and in other jobs and in other roles that maybe suit me more. And although I've learned these skills that would generally be applicable just to a classroom, actually, no, they're more applicable to all these other things as well. And I can use them in a way that suits me better and suits my person better. And so I think, you know, I was really enjoying my time at IKEA. I always have. And I've always been supported. I've always thought that I can make something out of this. And so for me, I just think that the way that it came about was like, yeah, it sucks, but ultimately I can make something of it and I can grow from that. And so that's kind of where I, why I ended up where I am. And that's why I'm still here. You mentioned that you've found a way to use the teaching skills that you learned in your current role. Can you give me an example of how that teaching work has translated into your, your job here at IKEA? Well, yeah, at the moment, like I'm kind of on a secondment role in a, in a sense to uh, cover another section while a team leader's on leave. And I've been running that section. So I've had to lead that department like a teacher would actually lead a group of kids to learn and to succeed in life. And so for me, it's about understanding what can I do to make these coworkers work for the business in the best way possible. There's little skills here and there that I've actually taken from that degree and 
these sociological theories that they talk about in, in teaching that apply to really any job that you, you, you have. In your previous job, when you were a, uh, a card dealer, mm. people generally tend not to chat to you. What's it like now you're in a situation where you're in so much more of a team when clearly you are you know, experiencing a sense of togetherness with your team? Yeah, well, as you were saying, back to isolation, I think you know, when you're working on those tables and you're on your own, you can't move. You have to stand exactly where you are. You have to protect the chips at all times, even if there's no one around. Right? You have to stand there. You can't talk to the person next to you if they have no one there either. So you're standing there for eight hours right? and no one wants to talk to you and you're alone with your own thoughts for eight hours at the middle of the night when you're tired and you're not thinking. You know? And it, it really did mess, I, I guess, with my mental health a bit. You know, and I think coming into a place like Ikea where I have two, 300 people in this building that I pretty much all know my name and I can talk to any one of them about an issue or I can get something sorted or I can work on a project with the team and go like, let's find a way to increase this KPI or to work on this thing together and make it better. You know, I think that that's really amazing. Like we support each other all the way from the top down from our store manager down to coworkers, you know, my store manager was in my department putting stock on the shelves the other day, you know, and we were working together and she's like, Ben, you need to work on this next. And, you know, I'll help you with this and you can help me with this. So, you know, even from the top down, it seems like it's one big happy family. What does it mean for you to see your store manager stacking shelves? It was absolutely amazing. I walked in at eight in the morning and she was there and I went, oh, you're here. And she goes, yes, I'm here. I'm on like, and I was like, wow, this is amazing because, you know, our area at the moment is probably the one that's been hit the hardest with coronavirus, you know, pots and pans and all these products that are being bought out like crazy. And for her to come in there, uh, honestly, it's amazing. Because as humans, you know, what we really all, we just want to be seen, you know, as, as a human and to be, you know, in the, in the structure of a business to have the person who's where the buck stops for your particular store, there at the coalface, as it were, I guess that gives a lot of validity to, to everyone. It, it's just amazing that it, it doesn't matter who, what level you're at in this store, they're going to see what is needed and that's where they're going to support you. And ultimately, because of everything that's been happening with coronavirus, you know, for a while it wasn't us that was the focus. It was logistics that needed the help. So we pulled all of our IFS coworkers, our food coworkers, to start picking for that area of the store. Their area of the store was closed. They wouldn't have had a job. So actually, they've gone over here now to help them, you know, and to actually improve the business in another way. And they they themselves have then grown. So it's playing back into that idea of you know constantly testing and renewing and improving the the way things run. That that resonates with you. Oh yeah, big time. You know, the area that I've been working in recently and that I've been trying to take care of as much as possible, it's gone through a lot since February when I've been there. You know, we had a big review right at the start, about seven weeks after I started, we had this big review and there was a lot to do. There was a lot of changes that were going to be made. There was a lot of things to improve and fix and we didn't get them all right. We didn't, but we made a lot of adjustments to the store and to the way it looked and to the way it, it functioned to actually get it into a place where we actually passed. And then coming out of that, now we're into this coronavirus period and everything's changing again. So how do we keep on top of that? It's really important to think about, you know, what can we do next? What's the biggest issue that we have? How can we keep fixing it? 
that that's something that I, I try to keep at the core of what I do every single day. Is that also how you approach your own life, Ben? I would say so. Like I think in general, you know, I, I'm not perfect. No one is. No human is perfect. We all make mistakes. You know, I, I spent seven and a half years at uni, right? And it could have been the biggest mistake that I've ever made. But in another way, you can look at it and say, well, actually, there's a lot to be learned and to be gained from that experience that I've had and that time that I've spent doing that. And I think, you know, one small thing here and there, you know, you may not be happy about every action that you make every day. But ultimately, if you can realize that if you put in a little bit of effort to think about what you do every day and how that impacts you and your friends and your family and everything about your daily life, then ultimately you'll be a better person and you'll get stronger. And so that, that's kind of one of the ways that I, yeah, I think I approach my life. When other people ask you about what's it like to work at Ikea, people close to you, for example, what do you, what do you tell them? Do you ever say, you know what, you should give it a shot, you should work there? My wife actually works in now. Oh, really? Yeah, she works in the living room department. So she works right through a hallway, but she never used to. She's only been here for about, well, almost a year now. Previous four years, she was doing something completely different. And I just said to her, like, you know, your workplace at the moment, they're not supporting you. It was really important for her to realize that actually the business that she's in now is going to support her long term and going to allow her to actually find what she wants to do with her life. Well, like, I guess you kind of went the other way around. Like a lot of people, they meet their partner at work. I met my wife at work, but it's rare that it's the other way around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly right. We're, we're, we see each other more now than we ever have. And I think like she can't, we can't escape each other now. We're, we're both here. So <laughs> You mentioned earlier that you enjoy cooking and you enjoy preparing food and, and making great food for you, you and your wife. What What is it about that that? really ticks a box for you i love the process i don't know it's something about my science brain it's like there's steps and there's an order and you can always get better and you can always see immediate improvement for me you know i'm not always the best cook but i'm always trying to get better and i'm always trying to learn and i'm always trying to grow and as we're talking about before with this renew and improve right i see a lot of validation in making something and then going okay well I didn't make it that good, but this time I'm going to try this and maybe change this process here around or maybe cook it a little bit slower or whatever. It's just part of who I am. And I, I really enjoy that sort of part of my brain that allows me to see how am I going to logically put all these things in order. And, and at the end of the day, you get to, to eat. So you know, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> Honey, I'll be right with you. I'm just removing hydrogen atoms from this source. What? <laughs> I understand it. Do you get inspired walking around the cooking and eating part of the store now? Do you do you walk around going, oh, yeah? I've been running it. So, yeah, like today when I was presenting all the products that are coming in, I'm like, I want that, I want that, I want that. And it's just, it's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm always searching for like what's the next product. And, and for me, someone who's a cook, it's nice to think like what are the customers going to want at the end of the day? So. When I see the products that are coming in, I'm going, is this one going to resonate? Is this one going to resonate? Like, are the customers going to get this? And how can I actually show them that they need this product? You know, like, it's just part of who I am. And I, I, I yeah, I really enjoy it. How has working at IKEA changed the way you feel about what makes a house a home? Well, yeah, that, that's pretty much the everyday at IKEA, right? So when I am planning a kitchen, for instance, it's about, the kitchen is the center of the house. So, you know, 
something that's really important to note is like when you're when you're putting a kitchen, you got to think about what does that customer use that kitchen for? What is the function that they need in the kitchen? What is missing from what they have now, right? And how can we improve that? And so when I'm planning a kitchen, I'm always telling my customer, you know, when you come back to your finalizing, I want you to think about what's going in that drawer, what's going in that cupboard, what's going here. Are you doing drawers here? Are you doing this here? What are you going to put inside that drawer? Is it going to be, you know, plates? And if you're going to do plates, how are you going to set them up? So they're really thinking about all the detail, how they use the kitchen, how they use the space. And, and ultimately, it's trying to solve those issues that they have, you know, in their house. It sounds to me like you get pretty into the, the philosophy and the actual mechanics of human interaction inside a space, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's just a part of who I am, I think. Well, it's interesting because a lot of people don't think about that. You know, people go, oh, a room's a room. Yeah, that's right. But ultimately, you live there and you spend a lot of time in a room. You know, like you spend a third of your life on your mattress sleeping. You should really get the most out of it, right? That's what that that time is for. And then when you're in your living room, you want to make that experience the best that you can. So, you know, fill it with the things that give you joy, you know, and set it up in a way that, it facilitates what you do in life. When it comes to the team that you run, how important is it to you to make that team feel a sense of belonging there at work? I think it's, it's really important because at the end of the day, if someone's not happy at work, if someone doesn't feel like they're part of the team, that's going to drive them away. And I think that, as you're saying before, you know, everyone wants to connect and belong and be part of you know, just human society. And I think that if you have one person who doesn't feel like they are happy or they are part of the team that you work with, then why are they there? You know, everyone has a, has a role to play in this business and everyone has a role to, you know, make this business what it is. As someone who helps lead, it's really important to give people the opportunity to learn and to grow and to find their lane and go, this is my lane. This is what I do. And so for me, it's, it's vitally important that even if you don't get along with someone or even if you don't have things in common, that you do everything you can to make them feel like they're part of your team because at the end of the day, they support you, you support them, and we work together to make the store what it is. And what kind of things have you found are really effective when it comes to helping people feel like they're part of a team? I think you just have to understand, like, you know, even if you have differences, there's always something that a common goal or a common thing that you can agree on. And I think that it's really important to share and to connect those things. Like, like, like we talk about with a kid, you know, in teaching, you may not really have much in common with someone who's 16. You know, I'm 10, 11 years older than that. We probably don't have a lot in common, but there's probably something that we agree on. When you first started there at IKEA, Ben, was there a particular person that kind of guided you and, you know, made you feel that way yourself? I found support in the peers that I had. You know, I have friends here that I've had for five years and they're still here and we talk every single day. So to get the support from managers and to get the support from other coworkers who they maybe had more experience with this than you and you've had more experience with that than them, you know, those are the people that I actually got that support from and that's where I started to build those connections and understand that actually this is a place that it it functions based on working together and being a team 
and that is IKEA to me. If you could kind of think now about what the future holds, what excites you? You know, I've always lived my life on the idea that I don't necessarily know where I'm going. I don't know all the answers. I'm trying to find my lane every day and it changes slightly. And so I think for me, the unknown is always a little bit exciting. It's always, you know, I have goals, but ultimately, you know, I don't necessarily know what tomorrow is going to bring. I have to take it as it comes and I have to make the best of that day. And for me, that's, that's what's exciting. It's about going, okay, well, I have all these relationships and I have all this stuff going on at work. How can I make it better and how can I be better at it? And what, what can I find meaning in? What's the next thing to find meaning in? Is it, you know, a different team? Is it a change? Is it a different function that I work in within the store? And when it comes to like family, like, you know, maybe I've neglected seeing my family sometimes. You know, how can I build those relationships more by seeing them more? I'm certainly someone that I could admit, like when I moved out, I didn't talk to my parents that much. I was like, bye, I'm gone. I will see you later. You know, and now when I get the opportunity, I'm always trying to go over. That's something really that I've tried to build back up and it's been refreshing. I think now that I've had a couple of years and I've gone out on my own, come back, it's refreshing to actually see my family and it's nice. And I think that like I would actually want to go on holidays with them again. So, you know, that's what I'm like, that's what I'm actually like really looking forward to. Like my parents have been talking about Japan. Obviously we can't go anywhere at the moment with coronavirus, but when that all ends, you know, it'd be really nice to go on a holiday to Japan with them. I'd, I'd really enjoy that. And I think you would enjoy the food there like nothing else, man. I, I've oh. been there and I would go back in a heartbeat. It is amazing. Oh, man. I went to a restaurant in Kyoto and I had 23 different kinds of tofu in one meal. It was amazing. It sounds amazing. It's three in the afternoon, Ben. We're in Kyoto. We've got to go to Yokohama. It's 400 kilometers away. We'll catch the train. We'll be there in 41 minutes. (laughs) That's exactly right. (laughs) With perfect Wi-Fi the whole way and a (laughs) B-Day. What a country. Uh, Ben, I've really, really enjoyed uh, speaking with you today. Thank you so much for taking the time. Your outlook on not only your, your career, but also your outlook on life is, uh, is really refreshing to hear, mate. Uh, it's, it's really inspirational, man. I really appreciate your time today. Thanks, brother. Thank you. Thank you. It was nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind the Brand, the co-workers of IKEA. Make sure you subscribe to hear the next episode. Thanks for listening. 